Welcome back to the Dungeon Master's Block, the place where we come to talk about the Dungeon Master, the most important person in the game, the only person capable of playing God, killing characters, and lowering the egos of everyone else at the table. I'm one of your hosts, DM Neil, a.k.a. Jote. And I'm your other host, DM Mitch. And today we are sad. Filled. <laughs> Not really. Great I don't know. dread. Yes. Uh, I mean, it is raining outside despite it being 80 degrees yesterday, but that means today we're going to travel a little bit into the Shadowfell because we've talked about the Feywild enough that we thought we should delve <laughs> on that, the other side of that proverbial board. So we're going to talk about how to put, put the Shadowfell in your games or just put your game in the Shadowfell. But with that out of the way, let's head to the meat. I'm starving. We ain't had nothing but maggoty bread for three stinking days. Why can't we have some meats? Looks like meat's back on the menu, boys. Yeah, so for this segment of the meat, like you said, Neil, we're talking about the Shadowfell. And as you kind of joked about, uh, we've already talked about the Feywilds twice, actually, because mm-hmm. when you're doing podcasts this this much, uh, sometimes you forget. But I'm sure that with those two episodes we've done on the Feywilds, there's a lot of different information and awesome information in it. Shadowfell, though, uh, is um, kind of Feywild-like in that it shares some similarities of how it operates but it is the complete opposite spectrum in some uh ways if the feywilds is a lighter reflection of the material plane where you go to the feywilds and uh it's like turning the color up to 11 like everything is just vibrant and beautiful the Shadowfell is you turn that saturation all the way down so that it's just blacks and grays and whites and the color has been sucked out of the place it's a dark reflection or a dark echo of the material world yeah you you hit it i was ready to say saturation and then you, you said it yeah it's, it's perfect because you it, it really is looking at all aspects of the material plane and especially the events that have happened. I think that's probably my biggest takeaway from uh, the research pre-episode was that it's really the events that happen in the material plane that can cause those echoes, these desaturated echoes in the shadow fell. I, I would assume the, sa- the same is true of the Feywild, but we're done talking about the Feywild. <laughs> no, but, but in the shadow fell where like these truly like pivotal betrayal moments become these sources of dark power. I think yeah. of like, World of Warcraft comes to mind when Arthas kills his father. Like, there's no way that that doesn't become a central point of power. You know, mixing all the all the like RPG and stuff together, but that becomes a place of dark power on the Shadowfell because of that betrayal. I mean, if you look at it, I mean, now that I think about it, Undercity becomes this undead city, and when you walk in there, in if you stand in the throne room long enough, you can actually hear the original audio of the betrayal of Arthas mm. in the background music layered in there. Like that. Welcome. It's a shadow fell. I skipped straight to homework. We're done with the episode. Good job. <laughs> yeah. I, I think when we talked about the Feywilds, Narnia came up, you know, you, you, you talk about, uh, and, and we should kind of transition into talking about how do you get to the shadow fell? Because when we talked about Feywilds, 
we talked about fae crossings and narnia like i think comes to mind with the you know going through the wardrobe and then you're in this beautiful fantasy land um and the narnia books are these like children's books that like are like just kind of feel you fill you with good feelings if instead of having uh narnia be like the Feywilds, it was like the Shadowfell. it would not be uh for children it would not uh be something that they'd want to read before going to bed uh it's dark and dreary i kept coming across this this point that a lot of people who have uh written or uh spoke on the Shadowfell uh continue to make is that uh, the Shadowfell isn't necessarily evil in itself uh, however, because of its dark and dreary and gloomy nature, uh, there is no sunlight in the Shadowfell. Uh, it does tend to be a place where evil beings uh, flock to, cultivate, and thrive in. So it's not necessarily an evil realm in itself, but you're going to be coming across a lot of dreary and evil beings and places when you're there. Yeah, it's like a great many things. Like so many things can be a tool. It's what you do with that tool that that makes it what it is. Because it, in its essence, it is death and it is shadow. And those are just things until they're until someone makes them something else. Because there's so many avenues to do your god of death that is just very arbitrary. They are they are ushering the person from where they were to where they are supposed to be. And in the sense, like some deities that focus on death hate the undead because they're yeah. like no 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 that's not how this system is supposed to work you're supposed to go from here to <laughs> there and so it's all of those all of those things that have been twisted over time and are terrifying like you said uh i would not want to go there at all yeah so i think that there are there are two main ways that in my research i found creatures uh people will travel to the Shadowfell beyond the um magical means of some sort of uh, stepping into a different plane besides plane shift. But the first is when we talked about Fey Wilds, we talked about Fey Crossings. What do you think that the, sh- the Shadowfell Crossings are called? Shadow Crossings. Hey. <laughs> and just like you would think of with the Fey Crossings, we talked about how you might come to like a huge fallen tree and you walk through the the gutted out tunnel now of that fallen log. That may be a Fey Crossing. Shadow crossings are uh, often places that are more dreary. Kind of you were talking about like having this connected nature to this mirroring of the material plane. It might be a place, the shadow crossing, where some great evil took place. uh, Some great tragedy took place uh, might create this this connection between the two places that you can find a shadow crossing in this place that this massacre took place or something along those lines. Although from uh, looking into it, and this makes sense, but it's also kind of adding to the uh, nature of shadow crossings. It seems that shadow crossings also tend to close whenever the sun is out in the material plane. So you're, you're crossing into the shadow uh, fell at night typically, or uh, some weird, strange phenomenon uh, creates uh, darkness in uh, the material world, that's when the shadow crossing is open. Yeah, I think about, and obviously some of the topics we we're, we're, may bring up <laughs> may not be wholly suitable for the youngest of our listeners, but I think about like an alley where some, atro- <laughs> where Bruce Wayne's parents have died countless yeah. times. Jack the Ripper has, it's his favorite alley. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so then someone could just 
be walking through to try and get from where they were to their home, anything like that. And then just there are these un these unknown disappearances can be that hook for your players that for some reason around a certain time of year in a certain location, people go missing. Yeah. They want the player characters to figure out why that may be. I also think of like, you know, either tombs or grave sites, depending on how that person had um, died and what, what the circumstances were surrounding it. But I also like both directions of light being the thing that seals it because you could have, open and things are coming the other direction because thus far we kind of talk about going through but something could also be coming through and using that daylight spell to be the thing that stops it um we're also going through and someone closes it behind you that's also very funny to me just like you wandered through and someone knew that that's how to close it and they cast daylight and now you're stuck in the shadow film yeah (laughs) and you you mentioning we'll talk more about it but you mentioning things coming through to the material plane from the shadow fell frightening it's it's weird because like i said like in my research i came across numerous voices that wanted to state the shadow fell isn't necessarily evil but so much evil thrives there and lives there uh and even with what we're talking about like shadow crossings um typically manifesting themselves in places of great tragedy of great evil events happening uh, i mean it may as well be (laughs) evil an evil plane of existence because it's, it's just tied in so much. And as always, uh, we know a lot of you DMS out there are uh, creating your own homebrew world. So you may be listening to this for inspiration on how to create your own version of the shadow fell. And certainly don't shy away from saying it is, it is a place of, of dark uh, evil mirroring of the material plane. The other way that I found, uh, and I found this super interesting that, you can travel to the Shadowfell is this thing called Shadow Mist. And apparently to the untrained eye, it looks just like regular mist. But again, it would happen at night and you'd be traveling into some what would look like a dense fog. And the Shadow Mist is a magical phenomenon that can take creatures uh, or people to the Shadowfell. And typically, uh, this Shadow Mist will uh, start to appear and envelop creatures that have committed great evils and carry them away to the shadow fell. It seems that those that live on the shadow fell, the plane of the shadow fell, um, or just the shadow fell itself kind of like feeds off of the evil of the material plane. So there might be this shadow mist that brings evil beings to the shadow fell because it's like, we want you here so we can feed off of your evil ways but it apparently sometimes also the shadow mist will also bring uh, innocence and even heroes through the mist as a way of kind of balancing. It seems like uh, a lot of this is tied into, I think, the lore of fourth edition where the Raven Queen was still mm-hmm. was still prevalent and part of the lore. Um, and so it seemed that the Raven Queen Queen would sometimes use the shadow mist to pull in adventures for a specific task. And until they completed the task, the mists would not return them to the material plane. I think that's a great way to, you know, you can take your own version of this, look into the shadow mist lore and say, okay, how do I get my characters to go to the shadow plane? Well, you've got shadow crossings and you've got shadow mist that they could literally just walk into thinking this is just a fog. And then all of a sudden they're in this terrible dark place of the shadow fell. 
Yeah, the other thing is that's where that's where you get the domains of dread, and that's not we don't want to dive too much into those because literally, Barovia is a domain of dread yeah. that has its own source books, and then you look at all the other ones that have, have more. So that that's where it comes from. But can you give a little bit like? For listeners who aren't familiar with Domains of Dread, because again, if they're creating their own version of Shadowfell, what is the Domain of Dread in comparison to the Shadowfell? Yeah, so if you look at the kind of hearkening back to that idea, like would there just be a source of power at the, you know, Arthas's betrayal spot? Or as an alternative, did someone determine like, no, we need to lock, we need to lock this guy down. Yeah. We're done. He's stuck in his own Domain of Dread. And then, yeah. If other people get pulled into it, it's just some collateral damage in the idea that we have this person locked away in this demiplane. And so it's almost like this pocket dimension inside of it. So then like the whole Barovia thing, they talk about Strahd being the first vampire. And it may be because everything, of course, surprise, it's all timey-wimey. Um, <laughs> and while it's only certain time there, his experience may be countless more. Um, there's also a theory that like, the Shadowfell and the Feywild are these multiversal kind of dimensions that there are echoes of it, not just on our material plane, but all material planes. Like that's why it's almost, um, what do you, uh, you hear it in modern media, the darkest timeline. <laughs> yes. Like that's the Shadowfell. It's like, it's kind of this culmination of the darkest timeline from all these other things. And those domains of dread are pockets created either by, someone on the shadow fell. But the other interesting thing I saw was that it could be a good deity who is just trying to, again, lock it down. There's mm-hmm. someone or something that has done something so bad that they basically give them their own domain as a prison. Yeah. Yeah. Let's get this character. This creature is so evil and is wrecking havoc. And if this creature stays on the material plane, Things like it could it could be world ending potentially and you could have, as you said, like some powerful being, whether it's a god or you have your heroes, the Shadowfell can absolutely be that prison that you hurl that being into because, I mean, who's he going to hurt in the Shadowfell? Well, he very well could hurt people, but or she could hurt people or it could hurt people, whatever it is. But uh, the Shadowfell is already a place of darkness and gloom and horribleness, so. But yeah, I love that um, aspect that you're talking about. We've talked about how it mirrors. It's this dark mirror of the material plane and that events that happen that are evil events on the material plane have this like stain on the uh, Shadowfell. But also you may go through an entire campaign that is focused on stopping this great evil. Um, and your characters that uh, are in the campaign, they stop the great evil, the world is saved, the country is saved, whatever it is. Well, in the shadow fell, mm-hmm. it very well might have gone the exact opposite way. There was failure there. Uh, not even only failure, but what if your your characters, your heroes join the side of darkness in the in the shadow fell? That is a absolutely plausible outcome. And so traveling to the Shadowfell is, like you said, that darkest timeline for uh, the world. It is that dark mirror. I love that element of you're playing with your players and you've played through multiple campaigns where they have triumphed. But like you as the DM and the story uh, weaver and the world uh, builder are going, man, what what would happen, though, if they had failed? How would this world have changed? And the Shadowfell is 
the big playground where you get to say, well, let's explore that. And yeah. you can have new adventures there with different characters. But we, we talk a lot about cameos, taking new characters, placing them into a story in the Shadowfell where you come across the dark reflections of previous characters that the players have played, where now they're these evil villains. That, to me, is exciting grounds for a story to be played with your players. Oh, yeah, and I think of, like, this this alt version of, we brought it up, like, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, like, yeah. this alt version where, like, the kids go back. I mean, this, this, you <laughs> I know what I mean. Mr. Tumnus. <laughs> I know, it's just like. <laughs> no! I mean, he's already got horns and hooves, man. It, we're close. Like, and so, yeah, it's just this evil version. Um, but not only that, but this dark version where they all go too far and like they're still sitting on the throne, but like ruling in like a worse way than anyone else would. Uh, but that, that's the kind of thing you can do because you think of this castle and like you said, you save it. I think of, um, Lord of the Rings and like you save all these places, but what if you lose? Like, is it just occupied? Is it ruins? Is it, um, all these things, these places you know so well, and I think that's I think that's probably one of the keys is that you need to have those touch points that the players recognize. It doesn't need to be alien in the sense that the the flora, the fauna, um, sure, maybe those are certainly different. The trees are dark and twisted and gnarled, and the animals don't look the same, but you still recognize landmarks because it yeah. needs to be something they recognize with all these things that they. Know. Although that recognition and that um, being familiar with something might make it even that much more terrifying. Um, because if you recognize um, your home city, but on the Shadowfell, it's uh, this horrible fortress that is ruled by undead. That's not going to be a place of comfort. But you might also just be at, in the Shadowfell and that may be like such a breaking point for the PCs where they see their home, they see the things that should bring them comfort, and it's this twisted version of that thing. So it might be even more, yeah, just dreadful because you do recognize things. Yeah, and so your your biggest, probably one of your more notable versions of that, and it's even in the Dungeon Master's Guide. Side note, that, that's our biggest piece of advice. Just actually read the whole thing from cover to cover. Um, but one of, one of the other ones is Evernight which is a echo in the shadow fell of never winter. I mean, like one of the pieces is there's, there's a river that runs through it, but in the material plane, there was a, a volcano that erupted. So now permanently in the shadow fell, that is now of course a river of lava. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And so there's like a scar and now that's just the demon pit. I mean, so those things that like you, you do recognize them, but at the same time, they're very different. Yeah. I, I love the idea of this dark mirror, dark mirages of what you know from the material plane. Um, I mean, like immediately I want to start diving into what do the characters that inhabit uh, my world look like in the Shadowfell? Um, Because uh, not only is the Shadowfell this place that is uh, infested, I'm going to use the word infested, with uh, undead, but it also has uh, dark mirages, shadow-born. Uh, uh, basically, they're the counterparts to people who live on the material plane, but it's like the worst version of that person. 
you think of the heroes in your world, you think of the kind-hearted people in your world, you think of just characters and their flaws and you say, how do I turn this flaw up as high as it can and what does that character look like in the Shadowfell? Like a person who has um, a dark past, like probably never escapes that dark past but leans into it and either that uh, creates a dark mirage of uh, a character uh, that is prone to great aggression or maybe depression. Like they either fall into the pits of despair or they enjoy the dark aspects of their nature. So this is super random and I feel like you're going to know about it. And I don't know that all of our listeners will, but have you ever had to take the Enneagram test? Yes, absolutely. Okay. So this is a super weird thing that just got connected in my brain, but one of the, this is really this, I see where you're going with this and this is actually a really great. It works uh, really well. I, (laughs) I hate, I hate what's happening right now, but it's okay. So, so, if you if you look up the Enneagram test, and I'm a, I'm on Wikipedia right it's, now. It's it's a it's one of those personality tests, basically. Yeah. Yeah, and I wanted to make sure that the the information I wanted to provide was accessible. It's on it's on um, Wikipedia right now, but basically, um, it shows kind of like who you are as your personality. It shows some personalities you're connected with, but one of the other pieces it shows is kind of like the negative sides of that personality. Yeah. Here's here's the good uh, if you're this yeah. if you're this type. Here's the good that comes out. You at your best are this, but you at your worst can also be this. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so, and so those pieces are there. So then you can figure out if how you view a character or how that character or how a player views their character. And then you can kind of turn those dials into those things. So like the person that's the perfectionist, um, like their ego fixation is resentment. Their vice is anger. Um, and their temptation is hypocrisy and hypercriticism. And so you can start to take those elements and especially if you have characters that you, even your air quote, bad characters, if you want to keep turning that dial, this is an interesting way to see like where they fall and how you want to um, adjust that. That's uh that's good. I would have never thought of that, but that's a great, uh, like, yeah, you could just look at those, the anagrams and like, look at the negatives and say, okay, how do I create characters uh, that are based off of these? Basically what we're saying is if you don't, if you want to have a campaign, that's absolutely no fun (coughs) and just horrible. (laughs) No, I mean this honestly, I think could be an extremely fun campaign, but it's going to be darker and you're going to be having your players put their characters in difficult situations that they're going to have to figure out how they, I, th- I think for me, I think I would uh, want my players to be going through a campaign like this and trying to continuously find the light uh, that they have within their characters and within their group that helps them survive the time that they spend in this dark, dark place of the Shadowfell. Because you, I mean, in the DMG, you also have the optional rule to basically do exhaustion from being yeah. in the Shadowfell um, and figuring out how that negatively affects the psyche um, of the people that are there. And then, I mean, in its most ultimate iteration, that's how that's how they the design team came up with some of the monsters was, uh, you know, if I am truly feeling so, uh, you know, from a both physical and mental and frankly, magical perspective, just so downtrodden and so much on me. Like, do I begin to hunch my shoulders? But then what's that? 
what's that ultimate iteration of that? You know, I, I morph into this creature um, that's something completely different than what I started it as. Yeah, I can't remember if it's uh, Volos or if it's in uh, Tome of Foes. You might be able to uh, help me out here, Neil, but they specifically have a section on the Shadow Sworn. Yeah. Are you familiar with which book that's from? Um, You'll look it up as I keep talking, but um, so the Shadow Sworn are are basically there's there's some different conflicting lore about what Shadow Sworn are, but the one that I really like is that they are um, mortals that have lost their way in the Shadowfell and over time have just been corrupted and changed into uh, these beings called Shadow Sworn, and there's all these different archetypes of of Shadow Sworn. So there's one that's based off of anger, and I believe that it works that like when you see these things in the Shadowfell, the anger Shadow Sworn uh, will just attack you with rage. But the trick is if you don't attack back after the first hit, they will not continue that anger because they're looking to feed off of the aggression. There's ones that are lost and they will like claw at you as if they were drowning uh they're just trying to find their way one's based off of absolute hunger uh they're terrifying um, yeah so they're even sadder because they are the sorrow sworn oh sorrow sworn not shadow sworn yeah sorrow sworn yeah we had all our listeners who who knew what i was talking about were yelling at us screw uh <laughs> yeah they were turning into sorrow sworn yeah <laughs> with how sad they were um yeah so Take a look because I feel like the like even if you just look these up and get some images, uh, it does set a tone. You look them up in what book? Mordecai's Tome of Foes. Yeah, um, like it's going to set a tone. Like I mean, because at that point you are, and you have to make sure everyone's going to buy into this at your table because this changes this fundamentally changes the game um, because it is darker. Because I mean, the fact that I mentioned the enneagram and using those negative pieces, there's just a chance that someone is not going to have a fun time with the things that you're presenting because you're also dipping super heavy into body horror with some of, with some yeah. of these things. And like I said, this might be the absolute gym jam for your, your table. At the same time, there may be someone who is like, this is not, <laughs> this is not for me. I do not want this. I do not want this at all. And maybe there's a middle ground there. Maybe there's, yeah. maybe this is not a two year campaign, <laughs> but maybe this is a, a side quest an adventure in a bigger campaign uh, in which you spend a couple sessions in the Shadowfell and get that, you know, you kind of are able to quench that thirst for it. But if you have a group that you think, ah, I don't think they're going to want to spend a <laughs> prolonged period of time there, then don't. Yeah. So there's a there's a couple pieces that there's a couple pieces of modern media that we have. I feel like at this point, I know I've actively avoided mentioning one. Um, so we're going to mention the. We, other it one. may be the same one that I've pretty much avoided. Okay. Is it strange? Uh, I was going to say we should count to three. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, uh, so we're not going to talk about it. We'll get there. Uh, but the other one, and see, see, I know bits and pieces of it, but it's not games that I played. Now that said, I'm going to say it so that you talk about Dark Souls. Because one mm. of the things in the Shadowfell is literally the creepy version of when someone else comes into your game. In Dark Souls, it's called a skulk, where it's like the shell of another person who just hunts you down. And I'm like, yeah. I'm pretty sure that's just Dark Souls verbatim. <laughs> But. Yeah, that's Dark Souls, and that's the, like, I might say that is the worst part of Dark Souls, uh-huh. <laughs> because just as you can imagine, you uh, are focused on a task and survival, 
in Dark Souls and then all of a sudden somebody else invades <laughs> your world and you're trying to survive from getting killed by the creatures but also this other soul that wants to just kill you for the sole purpose of killing you. It's yep. horrifying. That works really well. That's a, yeah, that feels very Shadowfeld to me. Yeah, that, so that's an inter- interesting method. And, and I think, again, tonally, like dark, looking at Dark Souls um, could be an interesting way because there's also... Yeah, let's save it for the homework, but I, okay. I think that you're, I think you've hit a nail on the head there for sure. All right, so I have, a, I have a question for you that I didn't necessarily come across, um, but it, like I had this question pop into my head. And obviously, we are talking about the Shadowfell and the lore that exists, but one thing we want to encourage you as DMs and world builders out there is if you have your own homebrew world, don't feel like you have to stick with the Shadowfell as written, but you can create your own version of the Shadowfell, right? So one thing that I was wondering, so you have this world, the Shadowfell, and it's this dark, mirror of the the prime material world that uh, is the world that you're typically playing in and there is a different version or there there very well maybe i don't know if it's a hundred percent like every single person on the material plane has a counterpart in the shadowfell maybe neil you're aware of the answer to that but i guess the the question i'm wondering here is it's called the shadowfell there are shadows in the real world. Uh, are are your shadow counterparts? Are they actually uh, in the shadow fell? Are they traveling along with you? And basically, whenever you come across a choice, good or bad choice, like do they do the like evil choice that you would uh, you maybe don't choose um, in the shadow fell? And if you're looking down at your shadow, is that like is there a connection? between your shadow that you see in the material world and your shadow self that lives in the shadow fell. First off. Yes. Let's just say yes. Cause that's yeah. amazing. Um, no, there's nothing, there's nothing of note. And in the same way that I feel like it, it has that element of this multiversal piece to it. I would say not necessarily. I mean, I think that's great for the like lore building because I'm one person and I don't, necessarily want to tackle multiverse um yeah. it's great to watch on um, somewhere else <laughs> where there's literally just hundreds of people um and i'm sure someone just gets paid to make sure like the connections stay as close as possible so i'm not that one person i don't i don't want to do that so like my tendency would be to go that direction right away um and think about like and think about some of those pivotal moments in a campaign and then like knowing potentially of observing the shadow fell at some point, figuring out those key moment, key moments in the campaign and make them go differently. Um, Cause I think like, I know my players were up against like a Kraken and the boat was going to pull, like pull them down and they get away. What if they don't get away? And like, now they all die in this other timeline and, you know, in, in small elements like that, or like you said, like there's this big battle and they save the castle. What if they don't? So that would be my bigger thought is like the key moments in your own world, that you can then turn a different direction. I've got I've got more I want to like uh, speculate on this since we are uh, like wanting to encourage like creating your own Shadowfell if you have a homebrew world. But I think a uh, a cool idea if you know you you answered yes like your your shadow has some sort of connection to your Shadowfell uh, self. One thing that you might want to play around with if you want to even just hint at a Shadowfell um, plane of existence 
um, in your homebrew worlds is, so what happens when a good deity shows up to your characters or just a, a being of pure goodness? Do they have a shadow? Do they not have a shadow? And what, like, that might be something you start toying around with and throwing out just, you know, your players notice because you're thinking maybe the next campaign you'll go into the Shadowfell. Um, so in this campaign, if your players come across a being of pure good, maybe those beings of pure good are without shadows. And what does that mean? And can a mortal ever be born without shadow? And can a Shadowfell sci- uh, person die and then a mortal on the mortal realm be without a shadow? And would they even understand what that means? I don't know. I find that interesting and uh, something that you could toy around with. Yeah. The other one we, we haven't touched on yet, it, it's good to bring up because I feel like we've gone for pretty dark for, for most of this, is the Shatter Kai, which at this point aren't as... Evil as se- they used to be. <laughs> evil evil and self-inflicting. And yeah. Very, very 90s yeah. feel, like tropey. And not, 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 I would say it is not necessarily a positive light, but they've changed more to be elves that f- kind of fell with the Raven Queen. Raven Queen into the Shadowfell. But what you do with that is up to you because going back to what I had originally said, the Raven Queen, while having death, like she doesn't necessarily enjoy undead in some instances because, again, it's that ushering of from life to death where you're supposed to go and anything that messes with that isn't okay. And so then you can have the Shatter Kai while they, they did grow up there, like they're used to it, like you're saying. I really love them coming to the material plane and not having a shadow because that's where they mm. came from. Ah, like they were that. born yeah. in the shadow fell and now they're here. So they don't have what they can't have a shadow. They were born there. And the idea that they're still trying to make it a better place. Um, so you could have them be allies. You could have them be people that you're connected to and working with. And at that point you could have entire factions and entire cities that are safe havens for your player characters because it's the shattered Kai trying to change what the shadow felt is. Yeah. I think that brings up another question for me. And um, certainly like you just mentioned, like the shadow Kai have changed now with this fifth edition than what they were. But so we've talked so much about how the shadow fell is this place of uh, like dread, despair, darkness, and lots of evil stuff happening. But again, as uh, many people will point out, it's not necessarily a place of just pure evil. So you're taking a adventuring party to the Shadowfell, and are there beings on the Shadowfell that could be helpful to your players that wouldn't just attack them? And if that's the case, what does that look like? Yeah. Like, I certainly do not... I think that if you you're not going to come across a creature uh, or a person that's just going to be jolly and friendly, <laughs> but no, let let me give you all gifts and uh, I'm just looking to help you out. That just seems so out of place for what the Shadowfell is. Uh, and if a creature like that wandered into the Shadowfell, as we've talked about, prolonged time is only going to bring them further and further down. Yeah. So I think that's the other interesting thing because that's where my mind was starting to go. Is someone or something else that has entered the Shadowfell recently, and so then you're they they are drawn to you. You are drawn to them um, because it's called shared trauma, and yeah. so you're both trying both trying to get out at the same time. The other thing I think is someone. Then we can dip into magic too. They've recently arrived because they can leave, and it'd be really interesting 
especially if you find because you can do some really fun stuff with the the too good. Um, we all we all know what that means. Um, where basically they're so focused on being good that they're willing to do what is possibly questionable things because they're not asking enough of the right questions about what's in front of them. So then I think of just like this, like you're in the shadow fell and just this group of paladins in like full gleaming armor is mm. just swathing through. And it's like, well, that works because on one hand there are just like countless undead. Like there are still questions that you need to ask because are you battling up against the shadow Kai that you shouldn't be? And so then you're at this point, are the player characters now brokering some kind of treaty? Are they trying to just, you know, unite people? There's a lot that you can do by adding the element of really good in a place like the Shadowfell. Oh, I, I love that idea of like a group of paladins that have gone to the Shadowfell to, with, with the goal of destroying evil and undead, but that they've stayed there so long that <laughs> they're they're just like creating havoc and more devastation even though they are killing creatures that are undead and potentially evil they they may also destroy some that are not pure evil and i think i think that you can absolutely come across npcs that are not going to just outright attack you on site or hate you or whatever because i mean you can you can create creatures of great loneliness that are part of the shadow fell and that doesn't make them evil but they're just completely like completely in the pits of loneliness or despair it's also not going to make them fun <laughs> to to come across but you may be able to find help in some of these creatures of despair if you can figure out ways how to role play with that creature that character it would just be so confusing, that introduction. Of, There's this bright light coming over the, <laughs> over the hill. All right, Neil, one more question based off of like the lore of the Shadowfell and, uh, again, tying back into like the Dark Mirages, the Shadowborn versions of people from the Material Plane. Here's my question, Neil. You're, you have a group of adventurers that go to the Shadowfell. What happens when they enter into the Shadowfell to their versions of themselves that already existed on the Shadowfell? Because I see a couple of options here, but I want to throw that question out to you and see what your immediate answer would be. I mean, my I mean, I would definitely want the want them to meet. Yeah. Yeah. So you're you're thinking they're still there. Yeah, I would definitely want that. And obviously when you fight Dark Link, you just use the hammer and it's really easy. But the but I like that. I also can see, I wouldn't have thought of the other version, but like they are not. Yeah. Do they, when you travel to the Shadowfell, did they then go to the material plane? Because yeah. that is also terrifying. Yeah. Because they, now they're doing actions on your behalf while there. Yeah. But at the same time, everyone is trying to interact with you as if you are them. Yeah. And is it noticeable? Like, I, I think for me, like when I think of, PCs traveling to the Shadowfell, like you described these paladins, they are sticking out like a sore thumb because they are their normal full colored selves, right? Uh, in a world of black and gray. And so anything's going to pick them out. It, and I would imagine if your shadow self appeared in 
the material plane that they would be devoid of color and would stick out like that. Um, but I guess you could flip at the opposite end, right? And say like, as soon as you enter into the shadow fell, you become like that black and gray. And so your shadow self could still retain its shadow self beness, yeah, <laughs> but look like you on the material plane. Just things you have to ask. All right. Well, now I'm going to think about that all day. But that means we can also head to the homework section to give other people stuff to think about all day. Uh, so since I am not the expert, we've hinted at it some, tell me how playing the Dark Souls game is just going to set me up for success <laughs> on the show. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's it's completely um, – I, I love the Dark Souls games. And I think not only is Dark Souls a good example here, but um, all of that the, that genre. So I would absolutely – Think of Bloodborne as well. Uh, very gothic Bloodborne. Um, I have yet to play. I've, it's my next game on my list to play uh, Sekiro, but I'm sure that you could take things from that as well. But Dark Souls specifically, I mean, you are playing as a creature that is a hollow, which is basically this undead, and you can become living again. I'm kind of dumbing down all this stuff, but... Yeah, it it just fills you. Most places in Dark Souls would fit really, really well into a Shadowfell plane because it's dark, it's dreary. There are places in Dark Souls that kind of fight against that. But even, oh, I'm trying to think about um, the, uh, the city that um, kind of works against that. And it's blanking in my mind now. And again, our listeners are yelling at me, and I should know it, and I can't think about it. Uh, but it's it's kind of almost like this heavenly place. But then you go to the second game, I think it is, and return there, the second or the third, and it's it's done. It's been Shadowfelled. <laughs> it's it's no longer in its in its wonderful state. It's now like this dark version of it. It fits really well into this whole discussion. But yeah, Dark Souls, like you could just do an online search for Dark Souls art. And I think you would start to get a really good um, amount of inspiration of what a Shadowfell type campaign could look like. Yeah, because like I said, I mean, the Skulk feels so similar to the stories I've heard about. Like, you're just casually playing in your game, and now there's someone else in your game who's trying to murder you. Yeah, and, and honestly, just kind of taking us back to that question about what kind of characters do you meet that aren't just wanting to kill you. Dark Souls is filled with that. Like you, There aren't a lot of characters that you meet that it's just like, man, they're just so happy <laughs> and having a great time because they're living in this pretty rough world. Most characters you meet, it's it focuses a lot on their flaws and a lot of them are, are kind of characters of despair, but they might help you. And that's kind of what I think would fit really well into a Shadowfell campaign. All right, you talked about Stranger Things. It was on both of our minds for obvious reasons. Tell us a little bit about uh, why, if uh, people out there haven't watched Stranger Things, why it would be good inspiration and homework for Shadowfell. Yeah, I mean, everything about the Upside Down harkens to those basic ideas and elements of what the Shadowfell could look like in your world. I mean, you have one, you have these thinner layers that people are able to tra- travel through, but then those same layers aren't available later. You have it where, you know, Will is in his, his not treehouse, but his fort, basically. And it's almost identical, but it's not. Um, you know, the, the pool has no water when, when, you know, when that connection is at that place. 
Um, there are some people that can enter it. There are some people that can't enter it. Uh, and then the monsters that are there are clearly not in the material plane, and they are terrified. <laughs> I mean, I think just about every piece of it harkens to the idea of like playing D twenty modern and having the Shadowfell be the biggest element of the entire story. But it's it's good. Yeah, yeah. I think that's uh, that that example is probably the most prevalent to our pop culture right now. Uh, Stranger Things immediately. I think we. We both probably thought of Stranger Things for oh, yeah. homework immediately when we we're talking about uh, the Shadow film. Well, we hope that you have enjoyed this episode on the Shadowfell. Enjoyed may be too strong of a word, I guess, for this, but I hope that you're not in the deep pits of despair right now from it, but instead that your brain is filled with inspiration for a campaign or an adventure within a campaign that you can take your PCs on to the Shadowfell. Um, as always, if you have enjoyed this episode, previous episodes, future episodes, please head over to your podcatcher app of choice um, and leave us a five-star review. It helps um, the show get exposure for us to reach other Dungeon Masters out there and other future Dungeon Masters out there. Definitely. And you can always head over to Twitter and follow us at DMS underscore block. That's at DMS block. Of course, you can like us on Facebook, and that's sometimes the easiest way to find out what we're doing next. You can also just have us in your feed and download every time. I'm not going to lie. That's a good way, too. Subscribe. As always, the Dungeon Masters Block is a proud member of the Block Party Podcast Network. Check out other shows like Geek Wars, Dungeons and & Dragons and & Daughters, Detentions and & Dragons, and more. Well, that's it for this episode of the Dungeon Masters Block, the place where we come to talk about the Dungeon Master, the most important person in the game, the only person capable of playing God, killing characters, and lowering the egos of all other people at the table. Good night and good luck. And always keep on Dungeon Mastering. It's not inspiration, it's not wisdom, and it's bad advice. Oh, you should you should just always turn the lights off. Just I should like, just always what? No, no, when you're, when you're playing in the Shadowfell, just turn the lights off. That way the players will know. They can't see the dice, but it'll be fine.